Uh, thanks for that, MK1. Okay, let's discuss trending topics. Trending news right now. So let's look at what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours. Joining us is Busisiwe Khadebe, social commentator. How are you today, Khadebe? Good morning, Asa. I'm good. And you? I'm good. Thank you very much. And uh, you've been busy as well, eh, with the IEC and everything. Yes, I have. And it was so weird because um, we've been working remotely. So since last year in March, when the lockdown was announced, I had not interacted with, you know, a lot of people. So it was it was it was nice though. It was yeah. nice. It was nice to interact with human beings and not just yourself and the laptop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh we talked today firstly um hashtag ace Mahashule. So his corruption case has been postponed to February twenty twenty two. There's also some issues there with his former PA who was supposed to be state witness. What's going on? Yes, and remember, we actually spoke about this last month when it was postponed to yesterday. Yeah. So, um, and what we had discussed last month was that, you know, uh, his legal counsel, Mahashule's legal counsel, was looking for the list of the state witnesses. So what emerged is that, um, as you rightfully said, the former personal assistant is no longer a state witness, but now a suspect in the, in the case. So the prosecutor told the court that, you know, he had a signed warrant of arrest for Cholota because there were questions that were raised um, about her being a state witness. And um, she had provided, um, there was a docket that was provided, but it was not signed. So um, since she's based in the U.S., um, the prosecutor told the court that, you know, Cholota is not cooperating with the state. Mm. Um, And they did send detectives um, to the U.S. And they came back and informed the state that, you know, she's not cooperative. And therefore, she did not agree to be a state witness. So then now she becomes, obviously, then um, she's no longer a state witness, but, uh, you know, uh, one of um, the suspects. So they are in the process of getting her back to South Africa. So she's a suspect because she had agreed, and now she's saying she's not. She no longer wants to appear as a state suspect, not necessarily because she was involved in actually coining some money or pocketing some money as well. Yes, yes, it's because you know she's backtracking on becoming the state witness. Um, so, so we'll see with that because now it's been moved to the 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 case has been moved to February next year. Um, so still. When it's moved to February next year, preliminary matters, you know, mm. uh, by five of the 16 accused will be heard by the court. So, you know, they're still ironing out things um, in order. And we mentioned this last month as a, that, you know, we need to get going with this case. There are people still living in those houses, you know, mm. the uh, aspect of houses and, you know, what, what's happening. Um, it seems like, you know, it's a bit delayed uh, for, for, for them. So this Moruadi Cholota, if if the reports are that she promised her cooperation, was there anything in writing to prove this promise? Or maybe it would have been a verbal communication that was in, misinterpreted? So there was a statement by Cholota in a docket. But now the issue is that it was not signed. Um, so, you know, the process of trying to get her to sign... Um, she's not cooperating, or cooperating with that, even you know when they sent the officials to to where she is staying. Um, you know she's not being cooperative. 
So maybe she she had agreed to be a state witness, but now it's backtracking. We will still hear the details um, when the when the trial goes ahead and when they are able to get her back to South Africa to answer for herself. Because right now, you know, we're just relying on what the prosecutor is saying. What do we know? Why she went to the U.S. in the first place? She had gone. Um, she had appeared before the state capture, um, and then she she moved there. So I don't know if she's working there or she's just residing there. But yeah, she's based in the U.S. She's not based in the country. So I mean, for them to even issue an extradition for her to return to the country, it does it happen that sometimes someone may want to say, "I will step forward and be." Uh, and be state witness, but then uh, I, I, they change their mind, they backtrack, and maybe a time period where one is given allowance to change their minds. Does it normally happen? Um, you know, when, if, example, you are subpoenaed to be a witness, um, if you don't um, honor that, it, it, it is a criminal offense on its own, because you have to honor once you are subpoenaed to be a, a witness. Um, so I think then, you know, she's not cooperating. You know, it it, it, it it seems like a bit of loopholes and there's a lot of speculation. It, it could be that, you know, she is a former PA of Mahashule. You, you never know if, you know, uh, members of his team got to her and now she's backtracking. Maybe she's backtracking out of fear. We don't know um, until, you know, she needs to respond to that because it takes a lot to actually say no I will no longer be a state witness. It's, it's, it's considered a criminal offense. Yeah, especially, I mean, she would know that it's a criminal offense. She wouldn't just go yes. ahead and do that. So, it's, as you say, it's, speculation it's, is quite rife in this issue, and we need yes. clarity. It, it's quite interesting. I'm really interested, interested in hearing her side of the story to say exactly why. Did she give this um, statement, but it was not signed? Or why is she not cooperating with... Um, the U.S. detectives or the, you know, the prosecutor. It would be very interesting to hear. Um, I'm sure there is a, a story um, in all of that. Yeah, there must be a reason. I mean, it could also be maybe she's changed religion. She's become a Buddhist and she's sworn to silence in terms of her spiritual journey. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Arthur. I know it's a <laughs> bit funny, but it's possible. <laughs> it is possible. <laughs> She's gone on a retreat somewhere in the mountains and uh, she's decided to sway to silence as part of a spiritual journey and cleansing ceremony. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know. Also, remember, you know, when the prosecution um, example approaches you first as a state witness, sometimes it's not even about you um, approaching the, 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 the prosecution team and saying, I've got this. But they usually approach people that they think can give information, damning information against, obviously, the accused. So um, she also probably could not want to be put on that spot or in that position. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a bit of sports. The Springboks, our national rugby team, they are to start their tour this weekend on Saturday. They'll be taking Wales. That's true. And you know what's so significant, and I think that's why maybe the morale is high. Um, on the 2nd, which was on Tuesday, Tuesday, was it? So, yes, Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, there was a post on social media about, you know, two years on this day, um, they won the Rugby World Cup. And fans were just 
busy, you know, uh, talking about, you know, sharing memories on how that day felt and what they were doing, where they were. So, I mean, you know, maybe then it's going to give them a boost. And also, you know, as they will face Wales, it comes after um, a victory against the All Blacks last month um, in the Kasselaga Rugby Championship. Also, Wales beat the All Blacks last week. So I think it, it's not going to be an easy match. Mm. Um, even the assistant coach, you know, um, and um, has emphasized that, you know, they need to build a winning momentum. They come from a, a break, so they just spend some time with, you know, families unwinding. But, you know, hopefully that will give them a boost and also the memories of, you know, um, taking up that World Cup, you know, stronger together. And obviously the, we as the South African fans, we are 100% behind them. And we hope that, you know, this will go well. Yeah, so the pubs on Saturday will all just be looking green, Jay. That's all we'll <laughs> see. Green and gold. And um, also then after that, they've got two other tests um, against Scotland and England uh, before they come back home. So, yeah, the, 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 the assistant coach has warned that, you know, it's going to be a tough match. Wales will be a tough side to beat. So they're not going to go into this, you know, um, with, with you know, just thinking it's going to be a walk in the park. They know the magnitude of the match that they have against Wales. I think we got this. We really do got this. I mean, we've been playing Wales for a long time. 2019, we won. Well, it was close. I guess maybe that's where the toughness is coming in as well because they were 16, we got 19 at final score. But we've been thrashing these guys, man. Since 1906, we've won uh, out of 36 matches, 29, and they've only won six. I think we have it. I don't know what the coach is saying, Ninaba. I think so too. It's just, you know, they just don't want to maybe jinx it or they're just being careful but um, or they don't want to go into the match being arrogant. Um, but like you say, they should be confident, um, you know, with the track record that they have against Wales. So we also are confident that, you know what, we are going to clinch this. Yeah. Let's take a short break. And that match will kickstart at half past seven uh, in the evening. That's uh, SA time. So looking forward to that. We continue with our trending topics here on SAFM Sound Awake. Our time now, nine minutes past four. Trending news right now. So let's continue our discussion then uh, with uh, Busisi Wehatebe, our social commentator and SABC digital news writer. Let's talk hashtag Ethiopia now, Khatebe. And the, the government has declared a nationwide state of emergency there, effective immediately, because uh, fighters from the northern region of Tigray have threatened to march towards the city. This all becoming a mess in terms of the Tigray People's Liberation Front and what they're doing. Indeed, Asa, and, you know, people are commenting on social media that, you know, Ethiopia is under so much pressure, and um, I know it's not fair, and the world never been fair before. We need to find a way to get out of this mess. So um, there was a statement posted by the state-affiliated Fana Broadcasting Corporate on its Twitter account announcing, you know, the state of the nationwide state of emergency, and um, the statement says the House of People's Representatives is expected to approve a state of emergency. And, you know, as you said, it's the, it's the T-grade People's Liberation Fund uh, gaining territory. And, you know, they're considering marching into the country's capital. And residents of the capital have been told to register their weapons and prepare to defend the city. 
um, I think, you know, I don't know if I was in that city, I'd be terrified, Asa, you know. Mm. Um, imagine being told that, you know, get ready to fight. Um, but, you know, it has been um, a year-long war mm. in the Tigray region. And there's been so much that has been happening, Asa, you know, even the UN is... Um, is saying there have been abuses uh, marked by extreme brutality. There have been airstrikes. Uh, some apparently there have been some rapes also, you know, um, that have been reported. And crimes, just general crimes against humanity. It's it's a, it's not it's a terrible situation right now. Could this also have been inspired by Sudan, who is neighbor to Ethiopia, because we know what happened there? Or was it bound to happen? And, I mean, as you say, they've been fighting the federal government for a year now, the Tigray People's Liberation Front. I think it was bound to happen. And, you know, it's, it's so unfortunate that, you know, when we talk about certain countries in our continent, that, you know, we're talking about such things. If it's not a coup, um, then it's... It's, it's something that, you know, we've seen in um, Afghanistan, we're having the Taliban, you know, advancing into the city and taking over. So, you know, with, with, with these forces, there have been big numbers of violations and also coming from neighboring Eritrea. So this conflict, it's year-long, mm. and it's killed, you know, a thousand, more than thousands have been killed. And it stems, I guess, from the political falling out between the Tigray forces and the national government of Ahmed's um, government. So I think also then, you know, it's a battle of power. Could this be a way, I mean, you mentioned that uh, residents have been told to register their weapons to prepare to defend the city. Could it also be a way of monitoring, just to check if some of these weapons actually belong to the TPLF as a way of clamping down on them? I think so because then if um, if then it's not registered, um, then they would know how many people have their weapons registered and you know obviously with the details and they would know then how to clamp down on those that do not have weapons that are registered. Um, also, it's just I think um, a fearful situation where um, I don't know maybe the the, the 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 security forces you know might be overwhelmed maybe then they just preparing citizens also to to be able to to be prepared actually to to defend um mm. defend themselves and also defend the the country uh, citizens are being called as well uh, to fight at the age yes. of, of military service and the age in ethiopia is 18 years so what does this mean for youth being educated and subsequently the contribution to the economy and what it will mean in years to come? And um, I do not know because we do not even know how long the state of emergency will last and what will transpire from um, the state of emergency. Already, you know, we've seen this, um, this infighting happening since last year. So, I mean, you know, there have been countries that are just, you know, calling it out, saying they oppose the 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 Tigray the forces move to Addis Ababa or any attempt to besiege um, Addis Ababa. But, you know, so far you hear the West condemning what is happening and people asking, okay, besides condemning, what are you going to do about it? Um, what are you going to ensure that, you know, people are safe and that um, the, 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 the Tigray forces or... Some will call them rebels or some will call them, you know, uh, whatever they are, 
what will ensure that you know they don't take over the country and take over the government and do as they please mm. and as you said Oh, sorry, because, you know, with, uh, when you think about coups and the military, you know, uh, taking over gov- and overthrowing government, where does it start and how does it gain momentum for it to actually take place? Mm. So, I mean, if they're going to be advancing the city, they moved from one province, now they're going into the main city. It means, you know, uh, they must be prepared, Asa. They must be prepared um, for a while now. Yeah. And as you say, I mean, we don't know how long the state of emergency will last as much as they're saying it's going to be for six months. It could go on for long. I yes. mean, roadblocks are going to be established, transport services yes. disrupted, curfews imposed. It's just like another lockdown of COVID again, uh, over, all over. But Exactly. Uh, mm. But if we move away from international response and talking to the neighbors, as you said, Eritrea has been involved as its ally. They've launched coordinated attacks against the TPLF. What mm. should support from neighboring countries and the region be besides what Eritrea has done or is doing? Um, I think what they can do is assist in the same way as, you know, with Mozambique, you know, where they sent through troops. Um, to assist the manpower of, you know, the security forces there um, in order to safeguard the, the country, to safeguard the citizens in that country because um, they're facing a lot of issues that you've mentioned, including obstacles to getting food, medicine, and, you know, a lot of critical assistance. Um, so now with the state of emergency, we don't know how long it will last. Uh, what happens? Uh, will, will, will food be able to enter the country? Will there be exports, imports? What if that is blocked? What if you know? It's just it's just mm. a lot of anxiety, I think, for the people, and you you do not know how it's going to turn out or how it's going to play out. Yeah, and I mean, also to be fair, Sudan has their own problems as the neighbor. Yes. So what can they do? Maybe Eritrea and Kenya are the only other neighbors that can actually make lasting impact in terms of intervention. Somalia, I don't know what they can do. Uh, or maybe then the African Union needs to step up um, then other and get you know assistance from then, if not the neighboring countries, um, countries further down or further up that would be able to assist. Yeah. Um, even you know with the UN agencies, you know they can send in some um, some you know security personnel to also go and assist. Mm. But you know, unfortunately, after even with that, you know, even though they do send um, soldiers from other places to assist, you know, like in the DRC, there's been reports now that um, even some of those soldiers end up doing bad things in the country, including rape of, you know, the, the women there. So, you know, you send people to go help and they end mm. up, you know, doing just as bad. So it's just a terrible situation. Hashtag load shedding. And on that topic, uh, Mamba Nem Kwanazi on Twitter asking if there's going to be any load shedding today. Well, not as far as we know. Uh, ESCOM hasn't yeah. said anything. I'm sure, I yeah. don't know if you've heard anything. Uh, no. No. No, they haven't announced um, anything. It was Tuesday today. only as far as we know, yeah. Yes, yesterday we didn't have load shedding. Yes, it was Tuesday, which so, made people very angry because we were just coming from <laughs> the local government elections and they were saying, oh, okay, now that the elections are over, load shedding is back because it was suspended. <laughs> so, aye, aye, aye. Yeah. 
But but on load shedding, we're talking in terms of how much now in uh, this research that's been done, uh, how much yes. is going to be lost in terms of jobs and uh, projections around economic growth. So a study was done by PricewaterhouseCoopers. What is it yes. saying? So the report is saying that, you know, um, the return of load shedding in the fourth, fourth quarter after 11 weeks um, undermines economic growth. And it's also saying that um, although the global economic environment is favorable, but, you know, the, the challenges such as ongoing power cuts, it clouds scenarios for, you know, the remainder of the year. And um, so it's looking at unexpected power station breakdowns, delays in returning to service of some units under maintenance. Um, so it's just showing that there are a lot of problems and uh, it's expecting that load shedding um, can reduce the 2021 GDP growth and um, cost the country 350,000 in potential jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've already lost 2.2 million from COVID. Ex- so we, we're recovering from COVID, the lockdown, um, and then now the load shedding. Um, even the chief economist has said, you know, um, already uh, over a million jobs have been lost due to load shedding. So, I mean, with this report by PWC, it's, 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 it's disheartening. And because a lot of businesses rely on, on, on power, um, small farms, mm. service industry, mines. So, you know, with power cuts, then it really impacts on, you know, um, a lot of jobs and um, service, the service of those jobs and what people need to do while working. Yeah. I- Let's talk Diwali. Let's end it on a positive note. We need to start things on some great uh, footing <laughs> as we yes. celebrate or the Hindus and Buddhists celebrate the Festival of Lights and uh, it starts today. It starts today and already people are sending well wishes on social media, you know, um, to each other and to others out there who are, who are celebrating it. It is one of the biggest festivals in India and in Indian communities. But you know what is interesting, Asa? Mm. People are calling for an eco-friendly Diwali and for people to stop burning crackers because we know, you know, when it's Diwali, you're just here outside. It's a lot of crackers, you know, and fireworks. So a lot of people are saying, you know, let's now start thinking about having an eco-friendly Diwali um, because, you know, it's the burning of crackers, it's it, 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 not only pollutes the air, but it causes noise pollution. And we know this with New Year's Eve, they discourage us uh, from, you know, firecrackers for, for the dogs because it affects the dogs, um, animals, and apparently elderly people and small kids. So people are calling for an eco-friendly um, Diwali. I don't know if, if, I don't think it will happen in, immediately, no. but it is something to think about. Well, I mean, the South African government has not answered that call, despite this, yes. these calls for complete. But also, I mean, fireworks are an integral part of uh, Diwali. How will they it be? Are. It's not going to be the same, is it? <laughs> they are, because, you know, Diwali, the festival itself, um, signifies the victory of light over darkness. So, you know, um, they say it's, it means triumph of good over evil and knowledge over ignorance. So I think, you know, and then they're putting up the firecrackers, you know, it's just showing that this is a festival of light as its name. So I don't, yeah, uh, the, the fire, fireworks are part of it. It goes hand in hand.
And I wonder um, those calls, if they're also calling for New Year's to not have fireworks and, and sporting events and things like Guy Fawkes. Yeah, I think it will go there after. You know, the uh, people will be calling on that. The environmental um, uh, activists will be calling on that event. But also, how much smoke does a firework emit that it would make such a difference in our CO2 emissions, guys? I think we're being dramatic. <laughs> I think it's because it's a lot at one at, at a given time. I think then they they say then it does impact on the the, the fumes. Um, does affect, but like you're saying, it's once off, and it's it's not like it's a continuous everyday um, firework fireworks in the in the sky. And and day. our technology is such that we can come up then maybe with fireworks that don't have that much of an impact in terms of that smoke. I mean, really, can that not be the call instead of messing That's, up with people's I celebrations? Think that is actually, I think that is actually a good idea because you know with candles. Apparently, the normal candles that we used to, um, the fumes are not so good. That's why now people have come up with beeswax um, candles, which are more environmentally mm. friendly. So, yes, I think there can be an option of looking into environmentally friendly crackers or fireworks that can be used. But to ban it all together, um, I, I don't think we are there yet. It's not a vibe for me. I'm saying no. <laughs> I'm saying no. <laughs> I know there's animals and, and there's been, you know, accusations of animal cruelty in terms of those sounds. But I think, as we say, when we know it's going to happen, those who are blowing fireworks can give warnings to their neighbors. So the dogs go inside and uh, yes. they do what they need to do. And then it's over and then life goes on. I think let's just not cancel it. I, I love it as it is. By the way, uh, there'll also be deliciously baked goods and Oh, Those yes. will be shared among communities. Please, can I be invited somewhere, friends and family? <laughs> um, I hope they're listening. And I hope so. Can they invite me as well? <laughs> yeah. Ne? All right. Well, uh, let's leave it there uh, on that note. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Asa. Have a great and blessed day. You too. Musisi uh, Wekhatebe, social commentator, discussing social media trends in the last 24 hours with us here on SFM Sound Awake.